Greetings, you're listening to Kerry's Chaos, a podcast about the random happenings in my life and things that I find interesting. If you have any feedback, criticism, comments or questions, you can reach me as khoth on Twitter, that's K-H-O-A-T-H, or email me at k-e-r-r-y at g-o-t-s-s dot net. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. So, um, welcome to Kerry's Chaos episode something. I'll edit the number in later. Um, we're talking about school challenges. I am welcoming Mariah and Jessica back to the podcast. Uh, this one's gonna, this one's going to be a rough Hello. one, guys. Um, and we're talking about educational challenges. In what instances have you been? People don't like the word handicapped by things that have happened in your educational experience. And I would argue that as people with a disability, we are often hampered by the systems that are designed to help us. And I will start with a very quick story about when I went to university in 1995 and they wanted me to go and see the equity people to get accommodations. But this was 1995, so I had to go see them. So ringing them up wasn't an option. Emailing them wasn't, a problem, wasn't an option. I had to go see them. And I had to get to the library, and I said, so where's the library? How does one get there from the bus station? And they're like, well, if you just look towards the centre of campus, it's a really big oh, building, you'll no. find it. And oh, I said, no. um, there's one small problem. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm totally blind. I can't actually look towards the centre of the building. And they said, well, we have no idea how to help you. We've never had anyone as blind as you here before. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Now, luckily, I got a pretty thick skin, so I just had a chuckle and went, "Well, that's pretty funny." But I wouldn't be necessarily saying that uh, as an equity officer. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um, oh my. Yeah, and I think probably the the one thing I learnt, and this sort of dovetails into something else that I'm sure we both of you can get onto to a degree. When you're doing study, the buck stops with you. It's on you to get things done. It's on you to get the things achieved. And it's on you to get the things to happen in a timely manner. Especially uh, if you're college. Like, I mean, as far as, like, accommodation-wise, accommodation things go, um, at least here in the States, uh, in elementary, middle, and high school, you've kind of got a system. You have people that make the make the accommodation wheels turn. You're just like, I need this. And they're like, okay. Or it's supposed to be, I need this and okay, depending on where you're at. But in college, you have to go and sit down with somebody and write out the whole, I need this, 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 this. And then you take all these, you take, for me, I took accommodation sheets to each of my professors. And I had to talk with the professors and make sure that they were okay with giving me the accommodations. And I always, I not, I didn't always get what I needed um, because it's not guaranteed that you're going to get all of the things that you've mentioned uh so on before, sheets. So so before we even before we even uh get into that, would you would you argue or would both of you argue, because I certainly feel that that's a lot more work for us to do than the average student to actually get these accommodations. Yes. Of, yeah. yeah. 
you've got to basically run around. You've got to network with these individuals uh, to get your accommodations, to get the things that you need to complete the course that other students don't have to to fight for. Right. It's and it's even more basic than that. Like it's even as basic as you have to like get more work. Like you have to do more work to actually get like a version even of the textbook that we all use or that they would, you know, your entire class would use um, for you. And that becomes an interesting thing altogether. So so I had an interesting situation. I was exceedingly lucky. And when I did my, we have TAFE over here, which is technical and further education. It's our sort of apprentice sort of industrial college thing. And I did a computer course there. And one of the things that I had that nobody else tended to have was I actually had a good friend who would scan and type my books for me. So he would basically scan them, run them through OmniPage, tidy them up. Now, interestingly enough, when we actually looked at how much it would cost to have this done through an organization, they were charging $126 an hour for the work to scan. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it meant I got really high quality electronic copies of my books, which is something that you can struggle to do. Because yeah. you've got you got to find out whether a book's available on Course Smart. You've got to find out or whether it's on Bookshare or whether it's on Reading Ally or whether it's somewhere else that you didn't even think of. And that's a lot of research and running around for you. So time management would be critical. I'd be thinking. Mm. Yeah. And also, uh, if you get a professor that's not receptive and who just. Because it's it's true what they say they they say in colleges that some professors don't give a damn about you. Mm-hmm. It's true. Mm-hmm. Some do not care. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that. I've I've gone through that. And mm-hmm. it's it's a real struggle when you're tr- you know you're 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 trying to be as open as as you can and be and be as understanding as you can. Um, and 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 be like I uh, he, and and as as honest as you can about what you need. And when they just refuse to even acknowledge, you know, that's. Oh, I think I, hate that. I think it's a lot of people talk about uh, mental health and they talk about mental wellness and they talk about you know general well being and they talk about levels of anxiety and and stuff like that and one of the things that i will say and i'm not picking on anybody particularly in this podcast when i say this i'm making it as a general statement but you know if the cap fits feel free to wear it um i see a lot of vision impaired people who come out of further education quite shaken up, quite damaged, with quite a lot of damage done to their confidence. I know whether you, I'll, you two... I'll take that. Okay. Yep. All right. Guilty. All right. Guilty. All right. Okay. Guilty. Well, me too, me too, me too, me too. <laughs> uh, to be, yeah, to be Dora the Explorer about it. Like, uh, or, or Boots, me, me too. too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that you go through these systems and you're looking at the accommodations and you're doing all this negotiation, some quite advanced negotiation and some quite advanced networking that honestly able-bodied people aren't that good at at that age, but you're expected to pull this all off. And a lot of this can have a big impact 
on your mental health and mental well-being. And it can be demoralizing to, to have these obstacles put up in front of you, especially when situations don't work out and you are unable to get what you want. There is no way to get from A to B, regardless of how hard you tried. Yeah, I don't... I Self-advocacy is hard. It and is. You ha- and you're expected to do this and call... Like, oh, yeah, sure, you have the disability office or whatever, but the only thing they're there for is to act as, like, your liaison. Yeah, it really is but on you to make the things happen. Yeah, it's happen. on you. Yeah. And, I mean, oh, you know, I will – I've seen people, and they start off happy, excited, committed, dedicated. Yep. And <laughs> yep. they really want to study, insert whatever course it is, and they're absolutely – they're there for that, as 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 as, as, I um, say. as Mariah says, <laughs> and they are dashed to pieces on the, the the rocks of ignorance and whatever else by the system that is meant to serve them, that is meant to assist them. And I think the other thing that is problematic with the system is the is the round trip time it takes for for material to be. Um, presented like you put a request in and it could be two months before you get the the material and once two months has gone by your course could have finished yeah you know? um and i think mariah you were saying you've you've actually been unable to complete courses not because you didn't want to do them or you were too busy partying but because the material <laughs> didn't turn up on time that's that's actually very true. Um, I've had cases where I've been told that I'm I was going to have a a, a tutor mm-hmm. in a class, mm-hmm. and the tutor just didn't show up, mm-hmm. and I had to retake the class my final semester. It was actually a, t- a contemporary math class. Mm-hmm. I had to retake that class my final semester of college. I have had to drop classes because the course like the coursework was in an inaccessible format, and the professor wasn't willing to change that. I had a dual credit class in high school where I got every single bit of coursework the day before the teacher was supposed to put in final grades. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, <laughs> and I think, and this, know. and this assumes that okay, so we've got the deck stacked against us, just as a as a as a case in point, and we've got a system that we're also struggling against. And this, of course, assumes that you, as the student, are behaving perfectly and doing all of the things that you're supposed to. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I've certainly had um, times when I've put assignments off until the last minute. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, procrastinate now, I think they call it. <laughs> and it'll be okay. It's 20 minutes until it's due or insert you know, time window before it's due. And the technology fails. And, of course, it's all the technology's <laughs> fault, isn't it? Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. I just my, – my computer crashed. That's and it. That's it. The dog <laughs> ate my homework. The, my the dog. Are you dog ate my or homework. Or you forgot. Oh, this is a classic one. And the cool thing about this one is this isn't just blind people that do this. I don't know how many sighted people this has happened to, mm-hmm. but I – I'm so glad that I am not alone. Mm-hmm. 
you write a research paper and your pages and pages into your research paper mm-hmm. and you forget to save your work no, in Word. No, and then no, Word crashes. So we've got we've got we've got situations well and the other one is one copy of your assignment paper. Now let me be real, we, we just had oh, a, yeah. we just had a podcast about backs backups and um, you know data reliability. You should have that scattered across like seven thumb drives and three of them should be in your mum's glove box <laughs> if it's that big. Right. Yeah. And then two of them should be on your keys. Like yes, hello. Yes, yes. You, one should be in your backpack and the other one should be in your jeans pocket. <laughs> And in fact, like you just get so caught up in writing. At least I did mm-hmm. until, well, this happened. Mm-hmm. You get so freaking caught up in writing and you just write and write and write and you don't save. And yep. then your word just crashes and there goes like 10 pages of what you just wrote. And you're just like. So, a, 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 a pro tip for people a pro tip for people in modern computer programs, depending on what you're using, make sure your autosave is enabled. Oh, yeah. Correct. Also, in some word processing packages, and and perhaps Jessica and I will disagree with this, but they're only word processor files, so they're not that big, there's an option to keep like four or five backups in a rotation thing. So you can turn that on if you've got the disk space just to be sure so that if like the latest copy scrambles, you can go back and get like, you know, the one that you had from a couple of hours ago. What word, the new word, um, I think as of like 2010, maybe, I think actually does have now, it doesn't always work though. So please don't rely on it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times if your, if your word crashes, um, you have like this temp file that says dollar and then the document oh, like, I've seen that. that you were writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, and you can sometimes, sometimes, sometimes yes. recover it from that. You can. You can. It's about a seventy-five percent. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. don't rely on this. Place. You you think that's bad? Uh, Braille note users, when when Keysoft would lock up in keyword, and you'd have like shit, you'd be stuck. You'd have like this like, I've I've this has happened. I've I've been writing and I've had pages and pages and pages and pages of stuff, and it froze on me. And they tell you in the user's manual if you have to reset your Braille note in your while you're in uh in uh, your word processor. Mm-hmm. Shit's gonna go away. Yep. Um. Oh. Oh, no. Okay. Well, I mean, this, what else uh, can you do? And this is one. This is one thing. This is an absolute um, law as far as Braille note takers. And I don't, don't know whether I really want to. I don't. I don't want to. Well, I think I will actually. <laughs> don't store data in the memory of your Braille note taker no. that you care about. Put it on a card. Put it on two cards. Put it on a flash drive. I'm preaching. Put it on a flash drive. He's preaching to the choir. Preach, Lord. Preach, Jesus. Yeah, because we, you can't. Do not no, rely on the RAM that. disk or the backed RAM disk or the flash memory of your note taker. No. Also, if something is that important, put it on two cards, not one, because you don't want one yeah. of the cards to go through the wash. You oh, don't God. want one of the cards to get lost. And let's face it, if the if you've got one of those micro SD cards with a converter and it falls out oh of the God. out of the converter, uh, you've got you're... yeah, you are, you are. Yeah. Um, it is. It well, is no, con- like this wasn't even like it was like you know new document you're writing, you're writing, you're writing, you're writing, and uh-huh. then like the braille display would just freaking freeze. Uh-huh. You can't. You can't. It would just lock. You have no other choice but to reset the damn thing, and when you do, you open oh, the document man. and it's blank. You're like, no! 
and I think this is something that we get to contend with. I mean, yes, um, regular people have unstable computers and unstable technology, but it's nowhere near the level of instability that we deal with. It's with so true. Team. It really is. I am so glad, in all honesty, that um, more and more mainstream computer programs and things are kind of becoming in terms of like word processors and all that are becoming more usable for us because there was a time when we had to rely on our note takers to write uh-huh. our work uh-huh. or uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they were not so awesome. So, you know, now, you know, I'm not going to say that I'd love to go back to college, but if I had to go back to college, the time of now is a great time for a blind person. As far as technology is concerned to go to school, to college, now oh, yeah. accommodations, <laughs> as you guys have said before, that's that's a totally different. And and it's interesting because fish. years and years ago, I don't know whether my mic's going to pick this up. Let's find out if it will. Years and years ago, we used to have to use a scanner. <laughs> yes, we actually put the book on the scanner yourself as yep. a, as a student. Get your mate and six bricks to hold down the book so it was flat. No, no, but hold it flat against the glass and scan, flip page, scan, flip page, Kurzweil, um, even open book. book. (laughs) Um, Or if you didn't have the money and you're on a budget, it was um, Abbey Fine Reader and Microsoft Word because you could acquire a word in Abbey Fine Reader and that was only like Ah. 200 bucks. That was the cheap one. Then if there was were- that really cool one too, though it's expensive. But was it? It was. Was it Sarah? I think it was Sarah. The, oh, the one yeah, that had the, like the physical, keypad. Yep. It was stuff. a physical machine. Like, oh, uh, that, that was thing was cool. That was the Reading Edge. There was also the Reading Edge. That machine uh, with, the, with the keypad. Yeah. The well, Sarah was the Sarah had one too. Like yep. Sarah was like a. Yep. It was like that a thing physical, was so cool. Oh yeah, that thing so, was really dope. So just to tell you a, a, a ghetto story, because I mean this podcast is about reminiscing uh, to a certain extent as well. <laughs> uh, when I was 1999, 1998, I didn't have a lot of money. Uh, I was pretty broke. So what I actually used to do is I had this scanner that I'd bought from Harvey Norman's, which is one of our electrical stores. And I'd actually scan all of the pages into TIFF files and then feed them through the bundled optical character recognition stuff that came with the scanner in batch mode. So I'd literally run these files through this program and get them to OCR, recognize them. And that was the budget way that I could actually get text off pages. So speaking of OCR, not Mm -hmm. necessarily OCR related, Mm -hmm. but similar. Yeah. Carrie, did you ever use an Opticon? Actually, we think it might be broken, but the bloke next door still has one. Oh, my God. That's awesome. They're fascinating. They are. You, and if you don't know what an Opticon is, guys, it literally lets you, like, it, it scans, like, a picture, but you can feel the picture under your fingers as it kind of... It's got this little window with all these pins in it, and it makes this annoying buzzing noise like a demented wasp. <laughs> it's pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> and um, interestingly enough, the, the the camera was connected to the thing by uh, optical fiber, and that was one of the things that was most likely to break over time wow. was the camera connection between the the opticon and the, the the main unit, the actual camera. 
But it was one of those devices that we really haven't seen the like of lately. But for the people who knew how to use it, there were people who could read monitors with it. They could read. You, know. you, you could literally feel what you read as yeah. if you were reading Braille, but you're yeah. reading print. Yep. That's you would cool. feel it all in your finger. You would feel I if someone see was one. like if someone scanned like a picture for, of something for you as well, you yep. could feel the picture under your fingers. It was an amazing piece of technology one. for its time. Yeah, I want to yep. see one. Yep, yep. And I, for my, me, because I'm generally curious, and because uh, demented wasp. Yes. Like, well, they sort of went. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this whining sort of noise. I'd have to find one on YouTube, but it was kind of a really bizarre noise because the pins would vibrate. They had this. Oh no. They'd they'd vibrate at quite a high frequency, but it it I don't know how they were driven or whatever. I mean, somebody could tell us about that, but. It was, it was interesting, and it's interesting to see how technology has evolved. It's interesting to see how so much more material has become electronically available. Uh, does anyone remember the bad old days of running the PDFs through the, the, the Kezi virtual printer because that was the only way to get the stuff oh out of them? Oh, my God. Yep, and you'd sit there with your machine, and if you were, if you were clever, you'd set the... Um, the, the preferences in Quirt's file to make noises for the events so it would basically glump its way through your book. And once it had made sort of, you know, 300 <laughs> glump noises, you'd realise that it had recognised yeah, like, all, right, all right, the pages. Yeah, all right, cool. We're good. Yep, 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 yep. It's funny because, like, you know, like, all of this is stuff that we either have had to do or if you're, like, like you're having to find ways of getting the information you need one of the biggest culture shocks for me, when I was in middle school, I went to a school for the blind in Texas. And I went, they, they had me there, and then I was mainstreamed into Lamar Middle School. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to, do, like, they had everything at TSB. Models, my papers were brailled. They they would have transcribers, like it was all, and I just all I had to do, like, you know, it was it was everything was there, and and it was great, and you know, oh, you need a model of a cell for your science class, here you go. Oh, mm-hmm. you need this for your social study. Okay, the, one of the biggest things for me, like, it was coming back and like not having that and not having those resources available, and part of me kind of wishes I never experienced that because like what that does is it it makes you lax, I think. <laughs> Like it, you kind it, of just... it, it does to a point, but one of the things I will say is when you have the things available, it certainly makes education a lot easier. Oh, and yeah, no doubt. Towards the end of my academy career, and I used to get a bit jaded, and I'd, I'd sort of joke with the students, and, and one of the biggest questions we'd get for the academy, and, and I think Jessica would have got this question as well when she did interviews and stuff because she worked with me at the academy for a number of years, is it accessible? And I'm like, oh, hell no. No, no, it's completely inaccessible. It's where we're just, you know, we're the Cisco Academy for the vision impaired. And, uh, you know, it's completely inaccessible. Just, <clears throat> just How often did you guys it. get that question? How often was that? Probably at like, least two students. A lot more often than you think. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah. you know. It, yeah. And, and I would sort of joke about, oh, no, no, we can't be bothered with that. I mean, we're, we're basically this organization that teaches blind people all over the world. But, no, we've decided to give accessibility a miss. And they'd be like, <gasps> And I'd be like, I'm just kidding. Okay. Come on now. Yeah. Come on. And, and, right. I think, and I think that's the other, the other question that really gets my goat when I 
am recommending something to someone. And I think this is just a personal bugbear for me. I don't know whether you guys feel the same. Somebody says, asks me for a recommendation of something, you know, a piece of audio software or a, an app or whatever. And I'm talking about regular ones, not something that's odd and strange. They ask me if it's accessible. And I can Are understand- you really going to recommend something that's not? That's, that's, that's what I say. Um, and I- to be fair, I recommend things that aren't, quote, accessible. There is a difference between accessible and usable. That's yep. probably a totally different po- mm. uh, topic for a totally different podcast. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one. Yeah, 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 but, yeah, yeah. Um, essentially, yeah, I tend to sometimes do that. So, yeah. I mean, I've been there. Yeah, I, it's true. But, yeah, generally, if somebody's asking me for a, a recommendation for a computer program or uh, asking me for a recommendation for, you know, some specific way to do something and they're like, is it accessible? Um, the rule of thumb I generally tend to use is if I can do it, you have the possibility of doing it. If it is absolutely impossible for me to do, I'm not going to recognize it. I'm not going to recommend it, I should say. Right. But that's interesting because everybody has a different definition of what's accessible. They have a different definition of what's usable. And, yes, we could do a completely different podcast on that. But that comes into play when you're looking at your accommodations and stuff with you know, further education. Well, Janie can have an enlarged print. Can you work with large print? Oh, my God. I've gotten that. I've gotten that so many times. Uh-huh. I've gotten that so many times. I can't uh-huh. even. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yep. How, how big do we have to blow it up uh, before no, you can you, see it? You yeah. 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 Uh, back to another topic. But, um, yeah. So, you know, and procrastination is your enemy when you're studying these things, right? You... You go to, to do an assignment and you've put it off until the last minute because, well, let's say that book was more interesting or, uh, you know, they were rerunning Star Trek The Next Generation and, and you know, priorities. Right. And some of the people are going to give you extensions and some of them aren't going to give you extensions. And I don't know whether it was me, but it used to really annoy me when the – teacher would set an end date and say, okay, it's due on Friday. And then the whole class would bellyache and complain and carry on. And he'd go, all right, I'll give you till Tuesday next week to do it. And I'd be like, but we were supposed to have it done by Friday. Why, why would, you know, we had it done. Why are there five more days or four more days of latitude just because everybody complained? The only extensions I asked for, like, the only kind of extension thing was, like, extra time for tests. Or, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. if I – some of my professors did not like the idea of me taking my tests electronically. Mm-hmm. And so we would have to schedule with somebody. So in, in where I, where I used, used to go to school – um, before I went to university, university, small, small school. So they didn't have like a, a, a center with like PCs with jaws or, or whatever. Yep. They didn't have that. So mm-hmm. I had to have my tests read to me yep. and they had to be scheduled. Like we had to schedule. And so sometimes like the, the disability, uh, a person who did the whole disability coordination thing yep. wasn't here on the day that I had to have my test done. And so I'd have to ask for an extension. I'd be like, she's not here. Like, there's nothing I can do. Like, there's nothing I can do about this. Because, like, she was the only one. The like, only they one never. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. She was the only. Yeah. But, but here's another interesting question. Have you ever had a situation where they've got 
somebody to help you, like a scribe or somebody who took notes or whatever. And they sucked. Okay, they did. Yeah. Oh, yes. oh, I have way yes. too many stories about this one. Oh, oh, do you want to share yes. one with us? Yeah. Oh. What, what happened? Yes, you, I, I want to know yeah. what happened here. What happened? Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, and to be fair, most people in this particular situation, no offense, are going to suck. Mm-hmm. So let me explain. So no. I... Unfortunately, this matters not anymore due to the fact that IT changes so much. Mm-hmm. But I got officially certified in Microsoft Systems as a Microsoft Certified Systems Engineer back in 2007. Mm-hmm. One of the hardest things about certifying is when you certify, you have to go take these tests on this computer and they're obviously not accessible to you. There's no way for you to read them with your screen reader. Because you can't, so that's, you can't well, and, and with these, some of these testing machines, you can't um, modify, change, install anything on that machine. So right. no portable so NVDAs, the, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Right, yep. so that's the first problem. The mm-hmm. second problem mm-hmm. is that um, some of these questions for the test are actually a, a simulated desktop environment. Mm-hmm. So oh, you're given- I've seen these, yeah. You're given a question, you're given a task or set of tasks to complete, or, you know, a set of network roles or whatever to complete, and you're given the desktop environment to do so in a simulation. Mm -hmm. Hello, if you're blind, you can't really access the simulation very well, can you? Mm -hmm. So what we used to have to do was part of the accommodations that Prometric at the time gave to us was we were allowed to hire a reader Mm -hmm. to read the exam. So. You go and you fill out the thing with your voucher for a reader. They get you a reader and you get this reader that sometimes is not, in general terms, not a bad reader. Computer language terms, a mm-hmm. really bad reader. <laughs> so, like, yeah. And, and so I like, see where this is going. And one of the other things they do, and I'll, I, will, I will be a little bit racist here because we're all a little bit racist. Sometimes, Insert FUQ theme here. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Sometimes they will get the person who knows nothing about the subject area. So you get the janitor oh, who has God. a really thick Spanish accent or something to come and read the test for you. And they're happy because they're getting paid, you know, whatever it is for the reader wage. Did you ever have that happen, Jess? Did they come up? I, luckily, I didn't. Like, luckily, every time that I had a reader, she actually was a reader. Like, this yep. is what she did. Yep. The problem is she was reading advanced network concepts and um, things like that, where that becomes very difficult. What also became difficult was, and she got better at this as I progressed in my studies. I'm very thankful. Mm -hmm. But as we were talking about before, the the simulation you're, you're supposed to do a certain set of tasks. So what they are supposed to try and do for you when they're reading the simulation question to you, is describe the simulation to you and describe the desktop to you and describe everything that they can see mm-hmm. on that screen. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is if she doesn't know what something is, she's or he, whoever, they're going to say, um, it kind of looks like a, well, let's, let's talk about mail, for instance. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks like a paperclip. 
Well, if you didn't know because you weren't, you didn't, couldn't see before, or whatever, you wouldn't realize that. Oh, okay, that's an email attachment or like the thing to open a file has the little paperclip on it. Now, right? This is this is a oh. this is a different podcast, but I actually found that come up when if you are teaching a sighted person how to use a computer, your vocab and your training methods have to be very different. Uh, for example, I didn't realize, but with ICQ, for example, if the flower was closed, you were offline, but if the flower was open, you were online. Yep. You yep. had no concept of that if you, were, if you were using a screen reader. It's true. It is, it is. So all these <gasps> things you don't know. And I actually had uh, situations where people were helping me with diagram descriptions and things when I was doing the Cisco curriculum and stuff like that, although they have quite reasonable diagram descriptions now. And I would pick an answer. And the network guy would walk past and he's going, yeah, I wouldn't pick that one if I were you. And I'm like, you're not, <laughs> you're not supposed to tell me. And he's like, yeah, but I can't sleep at night to watch you get it that wrong. And you know better, <sighs> so can you just look at that again? And I'm like, okay, I will. <gasps> oh, yeah, so, it's this one. I don't know if Cisco did this when you did the curriculum, but I know Microsoft did. So uh-huh. Microsoft, again, we were, I don't remember when it was, but we were earlier talking about like, different ways to do different things back when we were having the whole math uh-huh. conversation. Uh-huh. But I was doing a certain, a certain task, whatever I would have tasks that I need to do on the simulations and Microsoft not only marks you for like you doing the task, but they mark you based on the steps that you take to do the task. Uh-huh. And so um, I would sometimes do the task a way that I thought it should be done. But it wasn't necessarily the way they were looking for. So I'd get it like partially right, but then I'd get marked, you know, partially wrong because uh, I didn't do whatever steps they were looking for. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're very specific sometimes. And the problem is if the reader doesn't, isn't good at specifying that that's what they're looking for. Yes. Then you're kind of stuck. Then you're, yeah, you're kind of SOL there. So. Those tests like that, those computer tests, those A plus tests, those MCSC tests. Yeah. Actually, I think it's like M. It's like desktop support something. Anyway, they changed it, but mm-hmm. the new Microsoft programming thingy. You know, all of those tests, those Security Plus, Linux Plus, all of those. I, I, you know, they're they're hard because some of those are simulated, and if you don't have a good reader, that can really, really hurt you and and you fail because you're relying on them yeah and and, and I, th- I, th- I think that's the other thing that really comes up in this discussion is when you're doing higher education or whether you're doing a standard education of whatever sort you're dependent on your team okay you're dependent on the people that are helping you out to to make this mm-hmm. happen and like sometimes even even in you know your your regular like high school whatever i've i've had this so like i've had the same issues that you face jessica uh in high school actually i sucked i still suck at math and this carried on into college we in the states have standardized tests and when i was in uh in high school it was uh tax tax uh tax <laughs> so is jessica assessment loves of knowledge them. she hates them she okay just, yep but, Yep. I liked the reading tax. Uh-huh. And I loved the, the math social, one. The, <laughs> and math, the science one. Math tax can kiss my ass. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I struggled a lot. And I jokingly call this Braille dyslexia. Mm-hmm. 
it, depending on the day, like some days I just wasn't like I just wasn't on my game. And I'd get mm-hmm. symbols mixed up or something. I don't know. Some something would go wrong. Yeah. Or maybe I just sucked. Uh-huh. I don't know. Whatever it was, uh-huh. um, I failed the tax test multiple times my senior year, my math tax test. Oh. And they were like, "Okay, well, we're gonna try having someone sit in there and read it to you." Mm-hmm. They get my uh, VI teacher to read it, and to be completely honest, this bitch was dumb as a box of rocks. Sorry. <laughs> no, dang. No, she was. That's got the explicit she, tag on this podcast, sorry. peeps. That's no, all right. I'm sorry. That's I'm all sorry. Right. Good she news. Was. Uh, I'm no, going to tag was. this one explicit. Like, That's you, all right. Yeah, please do. <laughs> but no, she she really was. Uh-huh. And like the problem that I have with this, the problem that I had was yeah. she's reading a math test. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you're reading, you need to have basic math. Like, don't be like, um, I think this is a left parenthesis. To uh, oh, times. So, 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 so funny you mentioned that because um, <laughs> I used to have my brothers and sisters and, and extended family read computer books and stuff to me. And um, some of the vocabulary I had to get used to was two dots, one on top of the other, two dots, uh, uh. dot comma, <laughs> two little funny things up in the air. Um, <laughs> The squiggly okay, and that's great. Like, when you have all the time in the world. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, but she's like, and this is like my third time taking this freaking test. And <laughs> she's just messing me around. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I don't know. And, like, I'd be like, all right, can you set this up on the, because one of my comments, I, I had a thing called a math window. Mm-hmm. And what this math window was, you had four, like, three or four boxes of magnets like hundreds of little braille magnets per box mm-hmm. and you could set up equations if you absolutely had to it was really cool oh, wow. and she would use the wrong symbols oh. so then what they had to do was they had to get i don't know and they had to like they had to make him swear and like sign a thing and like probably sign away the, the, the blood of his firstborn child or something. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They got my math teacher to read my test to me and set my equations up on the fourth and final time that I took my tax test and passed oh, it. Oh, oh damn. That's that's so rough. And I th- and I think um, That's why I said she was dumber than a box of rocks. Yeah. <laughs> like Yeah. Yeah. And I think come on. And I think the, the the point I really want to take out of this, and because I'm actually going to have to hit stop in a minute, because we've been actually talking for quite a while. Um, <laughs> we've been talking for ages. We have well over about forty minutes or whatever. I mean, education is a big. It is a big topic. topic. It, it is. It is. A lot, yeah. it is. We, we might have to do a couple of these to to cover different things, but I would argue that all of this stuff has an impact on your mental well being, on your general wellness. Um, you know, people can have trouble sleeping, they can have trouble relaxing. Uh, and it almost seems to me that if you are the type that goes out partying and drinking and stuff, you're not going to be able to to wing this with all no. of the extra stuff you've got to do uh, with any degree of ease. Um, and I see a lot of vision impaired people who try extended education and they end up quite broken afterwards and it really does a number on their confidence. It does a number on their, their motivation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you can have a problem with your 
whole ethos to looking for jobs and looking for work and looking for employment because you've essentially got to reinvent, rebuild yourself after this adversity. And it doesn't help if you don't have if you have family mm-hmm. that just thinks like if you go and you're like, I'm not getting the help I need, I'm not getting the accommodations I need. Well, mm-hmm. you should just be more flexible. You should just do it as stop using this as an excuse. If you don't have supportive family, that mm-hmm. can mess you up too. Because like not only are you struggling with the system that's supposed to help you, mm-hmm. you have your family who you think is like your, you know, your cheerleader and your t- you know, you know, who you thought, you know, you have expectations, not expectations, but how do I word that? Who you lean on for some support, expectations, calling yeah. you out, yeah. like yeah. thinking that you're making, like you're making excuses for yourself. And in all actuality, all you're doing is just saying how it is. Like I am having trouble in school and it's not because I'm, I'm getting bad grades, but it's not because it's not my fault. Well, it's gotta be because you're not. No, it's actually the perfect. Well, that's just an excuse. I've actually had this happen. Like I'm speaking yep. from experience here. Yep, yep, yep. And and the problem I've, is pe- people are looking for a scapegoat and they're yeah. looking for it to be somebody's fault. And I've yeah. had it happen too, but I've had it happen. Like how do I explain this? Be- My mom, from a totally outsider's point of view, yep. sometimes she would it would look like she had a valid reason to complain or yell at me because. I would get good grades, but then I would struggle, you know, on a certain point because my accommodations would fail or whatever at the time, or, um, you know, I would normally get good grades in a subject, but then, you know, I, there's a year where I take the same subject and it's a subject that I'm usually really good at. And then I'm getting bad grades. So my mom, you know, would get mad and think it was my fault. And I I can see why from an outsider's perspective, but it literally was because I didn't have and in right. fact, and in, in some ways, Learning. and this is this is counterintuitive, you're damned if you do and if you're damned if you don't, mm-hmm. you, if you are too successful, there is an expectation that you will always be successful. And then it becomes not okay to fail with the, you know, in certain cases, like failure is not okay anymore because people expect you to succeed. I feel like, because I've, I've, I've had this conversation with my my parents and we've gotten into fights, but when it comes down to it, the general my my general thing is you you ask a sighted person, do you know what and and this is just you know uh, visually do you know what a visually impaired person has to go through mm-hmm. when they're in the educational system mm-hmm. and they say, I wish. That I like, I really wish that people could see because, like, you know how you have those the the blindfold simulations here. We're mm-hmm. gonna teach you how to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, put no. yourself in a, under a blindfold and go advocate for your accommodations and go tell me how that works out for you. Go yeah. sit through a class and tell me how that works out for you because yeah. then maybe you wouldn't be so quick to be like, oh, you're just making excuses. That's that's my thing. Yeah, like, give give people a little bit more, a little bit more of the, a benefit of the doubt. Like that's what I want to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, you have to be able to recognize that somebody is trying, but once you realize that somebody is trying and doing what they can, then you absolutely need to give them the credit for actually doing that because that's something that needs to be acknowledged, that somebody is actually making an effort. 
because, you know, there are a lot of people who don't try as well. But I would argue that if you're not going to try, don't bother with university or college because, you know, it's not going to go well for you. you. You really need to be on your game. You need to be pursuing all of the things that you're doing uh, and you need to be able to follow those up in such a way to make those things work for you as well as they can. All right, I'm going to hit stop here at the moment because uh, this is about as long as my episodes usually go. Thank you both for coming on. Um, had a surprising amount of fun, actually. Um, we should do it again <laughs> sometime. Yeah, I, think, I think if you get a lot of interest, this is probably something you should continue for a bit, I think. Yeah. You know, there are yeah. people – this is a big subject for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's see. Let's see if everyone likes it. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, K H O A T H on Twitter or Kerry at G O T S S dot net. There's a tip dra- jar. Feel free to give me money. I like it when people give me money. I'll even split it with my co- uh, podcast hosts if I get any. Then you guys will get a <laughs> get a little bit too. But thank you both for coming along. And um, thanks for having us. Oh, it's always fun. We'll have to do it again. And uh, lots of fun. I'm going to hit stop here and this will go out in the next few days.